Hi everybody, this is John with Out of Character. Today I'm doing another round of GM tips. I was thinking about something that happened in the game that was recorded last weekend, and something that's come up in a couple of podcasts and videos of ongoing RPGs that I do listen to, and kind of something that has sparked some recent topics on various <laughs> online sources. That is the idea of the critical failure. For those of you who are new uh, or have never played a role-playing game, in most systems there is a mechanic for when you are rolling dice to determine how effective your action is or whether or not you hit on an attack or whether or not you manage to do pretty much anything that would require a dice roll. There's always the chance that you're going to roll the absolute lowest possible result on a d20 being a 1. When that happens... There's a couple of possibilities. It can always just be treated as you just fail. You just, whatever you try to do, you fail at it. Life goes on. And, you know, that's a valid option if that's the way you want to go with it. Uh, there's, of course, the GM's prerogative to say not only do you fail, something negative occurs in addition to that failure. Not only do you miss the attack roll or fail to make that jump, you, you know drop your weapon, or your weapon is damaged in some way, or, you know, your gun jams, or what have you. Um, the third option is to allow a measure of success, but to have something happen that is going to hamper them further. Like, for example, maybe you say, like, okay, my character is going to jump between these two uh, rooftop, and they roll a one. Now, the players are all going to assume that this character is most likely just going to fall flat on their face, or, you know, and be injured, you know, hitting the ground. That's an option. Falling, you know, will certainly make things harder, but it might be more interesting to say, okay, you jump across the rooftop, and you basically manage to catch yourself as all these tiles go sliding out from beneath you, and you hear them shatter in the courtyard below. While you're doing that, however, you're struggling to, like, find your footing and stay on the roof, and you drop your... You know, maybe you had your weapon out, your bow or your your knife or dagger or whatever. You drop that, and that falls with it. So now the character has lost their weapon and has, depending on the setup, may have announced uh, certainly announced their presence. Whether or not there's anyone in the vicinity to have heard that is going to come down to what the situation is. I know a lot of players hate critical failures. I know a lot of GMs just don't use them at all, and that's fine. It's... You know, what works for your table is what works for your table. If you find that critical failures are not something you're interested in doing, that's your decision. I do think that in certain moments, it has a, uh, I think it has a place in a lot of games, and it's a way to take something that's, like, just a failure. It's just, like, when you have a critical hit, it's kind of like success with style. You know, not only do you deal damage, maybe you disarm that opponent. And when there's that pendular motion of, like, extreme success to extreme failure, or to complicated failure, or to success in a way that is going to make things harder on you, I think it really does add to the game overall. For those of you who watch Critical Role, or who listen to Critical Role uh, in any way, shape, or form in the newest campaign, there's a minor spoiler to what I'm about to say, so... So, you know, maybe hit pause and skip a minute. In one of the more recent episodes, they're down in the mines. The whole party is down in these mines fighting gnolls. And Jester, as the result of a critical failure, dropped her sword. 
And as a result, there was a there was like a big argument about this online, and you know, people saying like, "Well, critical fails, you just, you shouldn't drop your weapon." What have you? Uh, for obvious reasons, I'm not going to tell you what happens in our game as a result of a critical failure. But as a low level party, say you know, like a, a low level group of adventurers in you know, like a Dungeons and Dragons or whatever, to say that like your standard issue gear is damaged in some way when you critically fail. That's just kind of like the natural, like, you're starting out in your career. You are not a legend yet. You are, at best, like, a folk hero or a nuisance. <laughs> and that just works for me. I, I like the idea that, you know, you take a swing and your sword gets stuck in uh, a tree limb or something when you swing and miss at this creature, this uh, this monster that's been roaming these woods that you're hunting down. Now, to say that, like, your level 20 fighter just drops their sword is not the way I would go. The, the, the illustration I always use is, at level one, it's like you drop your sword, or you drop your bow, or something like that. Something like that occurs. It's basic, it's easy to get around it in most situations. You know, you grab another weapon, or you improvise something. It can get the players thinking creatively if it's just the standard of, like, you know, hit the thing until it's dead in combat. If they're higher level characters, like at level 20... I wouldn't say you drop your sword. I would say, okay, so you are, you know, clinging to the underbelly of this dragon and you are just flailing at it with this magic sword that you've carried for years. Uh, and you, you pull back and your sword slides into the dragon, but you feel it like slip just beneath the scale. You don't hit muscle. You don't penetrate the, the flesh. You just get into the scales and you can't draw the blade out. So your blade is now stuck in this creature that you're fighting. You have to kind of, like, draw it out in some way. It's complication. It's, you know, you maybe in that situation, you know, your your character isn't just like, oh, I just dropped my sword. Oops. I wouldn't do every critical fail as someone drops their weapon or your weapon breaks, because that's just going to be bad. Use it carefully. Use it depending on the situation, um, you know, kind of read the table and say, like, okay, is this a moment where a critical fail is going to break this game for these players, or is this a minor inconvenience? And depending on the situation, if it's a minor inconvenience, throw it in. There are times that you may want a major shift in what's going on. Combat is just one of those things, though. Uh, When it comes to skill checks, critical failures are usually more important and have a lot more chance for storytelling. If one of your players is, you know, trying to engage in a social encounter of some kind, it should have an impact. The the thing with the the critical failures and stuff is the dice are meant to represent kind of like random elements. They're not meant to determine everything about what your players are doing. There's times that my players have been talking to NPCs and Depending on what they say, I usually set the DC in my mind if I ask for a roll very differently. If they just kind of cobble something together very quickly and it's not very convincing to me, then I kind of think, is it convincing to the NPC? If it's not, then the DC is going to be significantly higher. It's hard, you know, uh, if they're trying to threaten a character who's naturally cowardly or given to kind of bending with intimidation, the DC is going to be lower. If they're, you know, trying to bribe someone who's very greedy, the DC is lower. If you're trying to intimidate the captain of the guard and they're brave, then 
it's going to be harder to pull that off. There's times that if what your player says just makes sense and is just convincing and there's no reason for the carrot for the NPC to refute that and they have no adversarial nature and there's really nothing on the line, don't ask for a roll, just go. It's one of those things where like a lot of games, I think players are just inclined to roll dice immediately. And I always try to tell them like, unless I need a roll or I ask you for a roll, please don't provide one. Ask, tell me what you're doing. And you know, if, if dice need to come into the equation, I'll let you know. I'm more interested in what your character's doing, not what the plastic polyhedral tells us they're doing. When critical fails happen, you can look at... So there, there's a lot of different things. You, you can take away a character's resource. You can add something to the equation that wasn't there before. You can, you know... Okay, here's an example. If the characters are engaged in, uh, you know, sword play with an NPC, and they fail their, fail their attack roll, Yes, you could say, oh, you drop your sword, or your sword breaks, or your sword gets stuck in something, or, you know, nothing happens on this particular critical fail. Maybe they swing back, you know, you swing back wildly, and you cut the uh, the strap on your armor, and your chest plate is kind of like half hanging off. You could say, like, well, your armor class is minus one for the rest of this, because your, you know, your armor's damaged. You're going to have to get it fixed if you don't do anything to resolve that situation when you have time. It might be damaged in such a way that it just completely falls apart. That's an option that you can, you know, like, okay, resources. You're taking something away from the character. You're making success a little harder for them, but you're not breaking the game. I know that sometimes people will say, like, you're making things too hard or you're, you know, you're giving the NPCs too much of an advantage. To me, it's like, yes, you have weapons that, you know, you can lose and things like that, but at the same time, you, you, you know, you have other tricks you can play, even fighters and, like, basic classes that don't have any magical skill to them. You know, you, you can do other things besides just hitting whatever's in front of you with whatever weapon you have on hand. Maybe you have a secondary weapon that you never use, and, you know, the rest of that fight's like, oh, uh, yeah, I've got this dagger that, you know this big, huge barbarian running around with some, like, bone dagger that they found way back when and they've been carrying with them. I would say, use your best judgment when you're doing this. You know your players, you know how they're going to react, and be aware of the consequences of doing certain things. We talked about, you know, magical items and how they kind of become another part of the... another member of the party if they're unique and if they're in the game long enough. Saying that, you know, when you're fighting a group of goblins, Bilbo drops Sting, and it goes spinning off into a lava pit and is destroyed, is not something I would do. It's it's major, it's, you know, it's heartbreaking to the character, and it's almost certainly going to be very upsetting to the player. If it's a big fight and you get a natural 20 or something like that and the the fight's on the ropes and you really want to say like I really want to do something that's going to make this fight stick in the player's craw sometimes the best way to make your character make your players really invested in wanting to stop an npc's goals is to make them hate that npc in character and out of character and very rarely have I met a party that doesn't have a deep seething hatred in their heart for a character who 
severely beat them or took away their magical items in some way, shape, or form. Again, not something you want to do every time you introduce an NPC, but if in that one fight, it's like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. They, you know, took my magic sword after they had knocked us unconscious and threw it in that lava, and, you know, it'll it'll stick out in their memory. I guess what it comes down to with the whole critical fail thing is, like, I think that some players just... I think of the hands of a GM who sees themselves as kind of like setting them, they're setting themselves up to beat the party. It just kind of sucks. You're, it's like, you know, okay, I'm going to jump over this pit. Oh, critical fail. Uh, you fall in the pit and die. Uh, you take two, you know, 2d20 falling damage. I only felt like four feet. Ah, well, you take a whole bunch of falling damage. I shoot my crossbow. I roll a critical one. Okay. You shoot yourself in the foot or, you know, it's just like that's, you know, it's, it's almost more interesting to say you shoot another member of the party. And in, in, in fact, it is more interesting to say you shoot another member of the party than it is to say somehow magically you shoot yourself in the foot with your crossbow. It's just like, if you're going to do a critical fail that is more than, don't, don't just resort to like, oh, you do damage. You know, try to think like, what can I do here that's really going to make this matter? You know, in the instance of I'm going to shoot this crossbow, okay, you shoot your crossbow, uh, the bolt goes extraordinarily wide of that guard that you were aiming at, uh, you don't see where it goes after it soars through an open window. And then the party goes along trying to slip in, you know, there's no sounds of alarms being raised, and eventually they make their way to the office of this merchant that they are trying to uh, you know, find out if they're in with the local criminal organization, and they find the arrow sticking out of said merchant's neck. Now, that is an extreme example, but a critical fail has now influenced the story. What are they going to do? Are they going to, you know, search this office? Are they going to remove the arrow? You know, there's a whole lot of things you can do with that. One of uh, <laughs> one of my favorite critical fails, one of the favorite critical fails on my table ever, we were playing... Um, a Game of Thrones inspired uh, one shot. Basically, we were playing, um, the characters were all members of the Night's Watch. And it was Jessica, Tina, and Jason. And they all happened to, you know, in this universe, we had decided that women could be members of the Night's Watch because that's more interesting to us. And what ended up happening was Jason, who was playing a female character who happened to be unable to speak said, you know, I want to impress upon the rest of the party how great I am at archery, I, you know. So I draw my bow, and I want to do, like, a trick shot into the training yard. He rolled a natural one. Uh, so while the other two characters are talking to uh, this NPC, who's basically talking them through what their mission's going to be, they're down in the courtyard. There are these, these, night, these Night's Watch members who are going through drilling, and Jason just shoots one of them right in the throat, and they just drop dead. And they're just... <laughs> we we still all kind of laughed at, like, you know, on a critical one, Jason killed that NPC. And there were no consequences to it, because it's a one-shot, you know? Yes, if I wanted... If there were going to be consequences, I wouldn't have done anything with it, because that's not fair to Jason to say, like, on a one, you killed this NPC. Consequences should give the player... You, if there's going to be consequences to the action players should get a chance to think them through. Minor consequences, like, you know, you you irritate you you irritate an NPC or you do minor damage that might 
come back to bite you in the butt, sure, that's, you know, that's okay. Uh, you know, it, if your character's like, well, you shot this person and now you're going to go to jail, no, don't do that. That's not okay. I would say give it a try in your game. Uh, think it, think about it, think about, I think it does add something to an encounter to say, like, you know, you swing your sword and it goes clattering off into the darkness and now you are unarmed against this, oh, this troll. It, I think it will make your players think creatively. And there are players who are just going to buckle and be like, there's nothing I can do. I don't have my sword or I don't have my bow or I don't have whatever resource I've lost. But I think a lot more players are going to rise to that occasion and think like, okay, um, I want to, you know, grab some stones and like hurl them at this thing. Or I want to like try and slip between its, beneath, you know, between its legs and grab my sword and stab it in the back. Or I want to, you know, do any number of other things depending on the situation. Um, critical successes are great. And they're moments that your players get to achieve things that they normally wouldn't be able to do. Critical failures are moments where your players tumble. Uh, fate, circumstance, and just luck have all arrayed themselves against them for some reason. And that one is looking them up, looking up at them from the table. And it's just like that moment of, they all look at the GM to be like, what's going to happen now? Uh, flat damage, or just saying like, you just miss. There's a lot of attack rolls you're just going to miss. A critical fail should not be, you just miss. It should be something that is propelling the story and making it a little, little more interesting. That's just my opinion. If you find that they're annoying, then don't use them. You know, remember as a GM, your job is to make the game fun for everyone. Um... And if your players have said, you know, we hate that, please don't do it, then don't do it. So, uh, as far as other things that we're doing with the podcast go, we, uh, I'm working on having the players sit, we're going to record the, we, we're recording the first six sessions of our next little experiment before I, I share any of them. The first one is edited and sitting on my computer right now, but I don't want to share that yet. I want to have a good run to kind of introduce what we're doing. I'm sorry if that means we have fewer actual plays for the time being, but that's just the best way I can think to do it. But yeah, so until next time, everybody, play more games and be safe. And if you're, you know, fighting the flu still, hope you feel better soon. Bye!